Hello and welcome to a special edition of the In The Money Players podcast. This is our show for the Tropical Turf Pick 3 races of Friday, January 19th. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you in Gallery 55. Once again, why am I in Gallery 55 and not the Brooklyn Bunker? It is cold down there, and I just don't feel like uh, bundling up in the layers that I have to to simply go outside right now. It's toasty here in Gallery 55. I can sit in my shorts and my T-shirt and pretend I'm in South Florida, where our attention turns for the show for these three turf races on the Friday card. I'll be down there one week from uh, tomorrow, actually. Very excited to be back in the sunny Gulfstream Park. And a man I think I might be seeing down there, but I'm definitely going to be talking about these three races on the Friday card this week. Today, on this show, the man, you know him, he's Jonathan Kinchin. What's up, JK? PTF, what's going on? Yep, I'm down here, and, and uh, I, I left this morning. It was five degrees in Saratoga hey. Springs, and and I got off the airplane, and it was 72 in Austin. <laughs> you jerk. You jerk. Shocks so the body. But it's, yeah, supposed oh, to be, yeah. it's supposed to be like 20. It's supposed to be 20 tomorrow here, so who knows? Now, are you locked and loaded for Pegasus, or, or is it still in the I, – I know how you roll. Sometimes you don't know these things until you step on the plane. Oh, yeah, we're going. Yeah, we're, we'll be down there. Excellent, excellent. When are you getting in? What's the plan? Uh, I think we get there like Wednesday night maybe, leave Sunday. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're going to be in for a good stretch. I got to hit and run because Perrin has – what is it she's got? She's got major activities. We've got, we have a Taekwondo belt test Thursday. We've got a Shakespeare play that she's in on Sunday, so I will be uh, I will just be there, quick hitting it Friday and Saturday. But hopefully, we'll get a chance to hang. Marshall Graham going to be around. Lots of in the money faithful, I'm sure. Looking forward to uh, seeing everybody. We can't please say hi if you uh, if you see us. Just don't ask me who I like in a race and then vociferously tell me why I'm wrong. I had a lot of people follow up from the show the other day, J.K. on this concept of the asshole, as if I was saying. Oh, you don't want to talk about the race. You just want to say your opinion. No, 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 no. I, I didn't explain it right if that's how it came off. It's when I say, you know, favorite can't lose. And then you, you say you're an idiot. This is six reasons why the favorite's going to lose. It's stuff like that that puts you in the asshole category. Uh, no, no, that doesn't. No. You go ahead. Yeah, that's like people. That's people wanting to misunderstand you. The, the idea is that. If I want to talk to about a race with you, then we will mutually agree to discuss said race. But when you come up to me, ask me my opinion, and then assume that I want to argue with you about it, that's when you're an asshole. Like I, it, it, it doesn't mean like, hey man, you know, you want to come up to me and, and you want to, you know, have a conversation about the race, and like then let's open up a conver- a mutual conversation about the race. But that's not that's not the conversation. That's completely different. It's when you ask me a question that I did not offer you my opinion on. You ask me a question, I give it to you, and then you want to argue with me about it. It's pretty funny. All right, let's dive into these races. We will. We have to do more shows like the one the other day. People love the Q and A stuff. In fact, if you think of if you're out there and you want to ask us a question, I think the easiest way to do it. Twitter's really tough. It's tough to keep track of things. Go ahead, inthemoneypodcast.com. There's a contact page on there that goes right to my email. I think you can even put a subject header on it and, you know, question, put in just like question or question for a future show. Something that I can then easily find when I'm on air. I'm not the most organized about that particular aspect of these shows just because we have so many other balls in the air. But love to answer the questions. And we had a lot of positive feedback on the show from the other day. 
But on this show, we're talking about races, and it starts off with the very first race at Gulfstream on Friday, January 19th. One of the reasons I'm happy we are dropping the show today, because it starts early, 12.10 Eastern, the scheduled post time for this one. We've got a field of eight going postward, maiden special weights going five furlongs on the turf. JK, how do you want to light this candle? Yeah, I only need two. Uh, you know me when it comes to these races. Speed is all I need. Uh, the seven Geordies Dream, who, who ran at Tampa last time, almost wired there. Fast pace figures early, fast final time. Um, that's a, And drawn towards the outside, Jose Ortiz, it's, uh, That's I don't need anything else. I almost singled this filly, but uh, the gelding to the outside, who hasn't run since June. Um, but if you look at that race at uh, what was that, Delaware back in May, very, 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 very fast early pace figures uh, for a horse that has a sibling that's won on the turf. In fact, a, a Malfi Sunrise, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was a I, – I, I just glanced at that. Let me see before I lie. I think that was a Wesley – no, Simon Simon Callahan. It was not a turf horse, but there was one that has one on the turf. Um, and it was just for me, you know, if, if that speed it can be uh, – can turn into something else on, on the turf the outside draw. So I want just a 78. Um, That's an interesting angle. That's an interesting angle. I mean, I'm with you on how logical Jordy's dream is, but I honestly had a bunch of different ideas in here that I'll get to just, you know, trying to make some potential bets on the come on some of these unexposed sorts. Uh, Jordy's dream will definitely be on tickets and definitely be an A for me. We're both against the three runner in here up for it. I'll just quickly touch on that one. I'm not using but, uh, you know, this is a horse looking at the rest of this field has competitive figures, but I don't like the running style. And unlike some of the others in here, this is a well-established running style of being a closer at this point. So if you give me a closer in a five furlong turf sprint whose numbers are as far below the par as the three up for it, that's just a horse I'm going to be against. So who am I for? I'm going to put number four street rod on top just as a potential pedigree play in this spot. The dam was a stakes winner going five furlongs at Gulfstream. I love seeing that. And then War Dancer does a lot of things well, but turf sprinting is probably the best category. 14% on a like 12% baseline there. They wanted turf for the debut. This horse appears to be working well. I'm hoping the speed might just be there with Street Rod, and I think you'll get a decent price. The two Power of Justice I wanted somewhere. Um, more of a backup probably, but this is a horse that that first race... I keep going back and forth on it because it's one of those things where on one level, it's one of those debuts that I just love where you can kind of see the horse figuring things out as the race goes along. And then it's a weird one where visually watching the race, looking at the chart, it looks like it was a pace that was beginning to collapse, maybe getting left and coming running. Power of Justice was flattered. But on the racing flow figures, it favored front runners. So, and if that's the case, then this horse might be ready to take a big leap through. I think this horse probably has a lot more speed second time out. And then the only other one I wanted to mention was the five definite diva just made all the sense in the world for me for a hot trainer in Kelly Breen, who's good with second time starters, good with turf sprinters. This horse ran well with trouble on debut. Another one you could maybe say, well, the race was falling apart a bit late. I still thought fit. I, I thought there might be enough equity in beating the three that I could use four, five, seven as A's with the two as a backup. JK throwing the, the eight into the mix but strong preference for the seven, it sounded like, in this first race. Did I get all that right? Yeah, I mean, I'll use those two equally, but, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know what the seven is, but there's a lot of value if the eight does handle the turf, so I'll use both of them equally. First time gelding as well. There are, there are enough angles there I should probably throw in. I think I was reacting to the layoff in the morning line and 
just I wasn't I, I saw the the sibling did win on turf, but I had some turf. I just had some turf questions there on your say. So if I can afford it, I will throw in as a backup somewhere. It's not like I'm wildly against the horse or anything. Let's pivot to race number six, the the hinge of this all turf pick three, this tropical turf pick three, I should call it. Um, And this is a $50,000 claimer going a mile and a 16th on the turf field of eight going forward. And I think where you start with this race, JK is what to do with the favorite number six, Emirati. I'm pretty sure you get your wise guy card taken away from you if you don't at least start your analysis of this race by asking yourself, how can I beat this horse? That's certainly where I began. And I did a little dig into the Chad Brown numbers and was kind of disappointed in the sense of somebody maybe trying to want to beat this horse to see how well Chad Brown does uh, in claiming races generally. And then when you filter for Gulfstream and Turf, it's a small sample, but the numbers get even better. He's on enough of a cold streak right now that I think I'm still going to try to beat this one on the A-line anyway. But I'll ask you, before I give my pick picks in the race, JK, what do you do with Emirati? Yeah, I mean, Emirati, it's pretty, this, is, this race is actually pretty simple to me. Uh, Emirati is a grade three winner by a high percentage trainer. Henley's Joy is a grade one winner by a high percentage trainer. Uh, they're both dropping in for a tag. One of them is going to show up. Uh, I'm going to just use the six and the seven as a horses and I'll use the five Novo soul as a B because there's going to be so much money through the six and the seven. If in the event that they both don't show up, which I think is extremely unlikely, then I'll go with the five in there, uh, to take advantage of it. But this is just that time of the year for me, uh, when it comes to like paradise farms and it comes to, uh, you know, Madikit, it's just one of those situations. And, And Michael Dove, when you have a horse that was once a graded type of horse, and they're no longer a graded type of horse, and they're nine years old, you run them where they can win. They're eight years old. You run them where you can win. There's, and if someone wants to take them for 50, then enjoy, the, enjoy a, a grade three or grade nine, a grade uh, one winner because they're obviously uh, either not – both of them are physically not able to have another career in terms of, a, of a, the breeding shed. So, uh, you know, I, just one of those two wins to me, I'll take the five as a backup horse. Interesting. I, I'm, we have different approaches here. We could still both get through the leg, though, because one of the two I was interested in as an A is Novo Soul, probably my second pick. Might have the wrong running style, but my angle on Novo Soul looking through the PPs was this is a horse who might just be better on turf. And I was thinking with those graded stakes horses in here, you're going to get all of that eight to one morning line, maybe even double digits. But the other one I definitely want to have in a race with so many closers is number eight, Burnin Turf. I mean, the horse is no no world beater, but just on the pace angle, I could see this horse out there winging. And, you know, they're, they're, they're obviously the likes of Emirati and Henley's Joy. They're not in top form. Like, they, they if, if a horse gets loose at Gulfstream and they're not on top form, they, they might be able to pull off an upset. I was going to go 8-5 with the 6 on a backup line here in, in race number 6. JK figuring class on the grass will get the job done 6-7 with a little shout for my five as well, which leads us on to race number eight, where we close out this all-turf pick three with a quarter claimer, Phillies and Mares, going a mile and a 16th on the turf and a field of 10. When it comes to this Friday tropical turf pick three, JK, how are we going to get paid? Um, this one is, uh, you know, you know, I like to get a little skinny if I can, but I was unable here. I'm going to use, uh, where did I move that sheet? One, six, and eight. Uh, Let's see here. Let me get to the eighth race. The one go big green, uh, you know, just looks like one for Safi off the so claim. You get IRAD, you get an inside draw. 
Um, it's it just just one of those horses that, that that feels like they kind of fit. Ran on the synthetic last time in an off the turf race, second time out for Safi, and and uh, you like I like when you get Ira on the inside. Same with Flabby, and same with uh, all of those good turf riders. I think that when you get them on the inside like that. They, they, they are comfortable in there with their position. They're comfortable with the horse that's underneath them when you have a short price horse, and they usually ride them that way. The six flying back, uh, another one who's uh, switching to a high percentage barn, 36% at the meet, 33% at the year with very small numbers, but 36% uh, for the meet is 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 one that uh, feels like off the claim there could probably improve a little bit. And if the six flying back improves, then I think that one – could be dangerous as well, especially if the favorite, the eight, or excuse me, the one gets a little bit unlucky. And then the eight lady out of the blue, I'll use as well. Didn't like the scent the race last time and an off the turf race, but the two turf races prior to that, put this one in the mix. Almost maybe a B with the eight lady out of the blue, but I've been pretty skinny the rest of the way, so I don't feel the pressure to do so. So I'll use that one as just a, as an A as well and keep a little bit of value there with the uh, with the price. We are very similar here. I thought that uh, no surprise, go big green just made a ton of sense back on turf coming out of races that look like decent form. Uh, one of those horses uh, uh, that was in there, that chick shadow that we talked about uh, was a nice priced winner for us on the show. The other day came back and those races just, they, they look okay. The thing I thought was interesting was this horse just seemed to get a little too far back last time, but I like the fact that Erad stays and potentially has learned something about this horse. Just has the right draw, like you were saying, and the fastest figures in a race that I think probably has just enough pace and or, I think, from that inside draw, Erad will have him in the right spot, not too far back. I, I think this horse is going to take a lot of beating, but I did want to save a little bit with the eight lady out of the blue. That was a terrific race, three back, and then just excuses the last two. Salty field, two back, and then washed off the turf last time, so I'm not going to worry about that too much. One eight for me, one six eight for Jonathan in this one. Speaking of that horse that I just talked about, uh, Chick Shadow, not to pause JK on a race where I happened to give out the, the cold trifecta, but the funny thing about that race was it was a turf race at Gulfstream, rained onto the synth, but for the purposes of pick bets, the subsequent legs were made into alls. Now, generally speaking, when it's turf going to dirt, that is very much of a move in the horse player's favor. You don't want your fate to be decided in a race that you handicapped for turf to be decided in a dirt race. How do you feel when that happens on a track like Gulfstream, where the races don't go to the dirt when they're washed off, but they go to the synth and the fields largely hold together? Do you still think it's a good rule? Um, I mean, look, look, let me, let me I'm going to dodge the question because I'm going to say this. <laughs> At least they're all admit. bad rules. They're, they're all bad rules until the only logical answer happens, which is that we give people the option through technology to handle the circumstances that when things like that happen. So uh, it, it, there's, there's someone in the world that can program this thing where uh, you can put in your pick five ticket. But if uh, one of the races goes, you know, if there's a, there's a place where if it goes off the turf, in the middle of the sequence, you could have, you have the option to select your horses for off the turf. Yeah. Or keep um, the bat, so, get rid of the bat. Even if it was simple as yep. if it's, if the surface switch, give me my money back. Like that's yeah, or ca- yeah, yeah. Or yeah. cash out. Yeah. Or like cash out should be an option. They have that all over the place now. So like if, mm-hmm. if the first leg starts and it's on the dirt and then the last gets taken off the turf, 
you could have if you know last off the turf cash out could be your option and you should be able because you see you put it in before so it's not as if you're doing something you know nefarious is that the right word pete you know you're doing yeah. something shady like yeah. trying to take advantage advantage of, of, of a situation just like look i'm gonna play this pick five but if the last race comes off the turf i'm taking my money back and then it just adjusts the payouts for everyone i mean so to answer your question, they're all bad rules. The technology needs to be updated in which we can handle this like civilized uh, human beings in the in the 21st century. The worst one, or even worse example, much worse example, comes from yesterday at Tampa. I'm sure you were not watching this, but uh, Drew Coatney was homesick and had texted me right as I was heading to the gym that he was going to play this pick three at Tampa. And I said, ooh, this is good. I'll have a little vicarious action here while I do my... Uh, not in the shape to run at the moment, but I was doing a nice uphill walk. And so I was watching the races and he had a single, single in the second, he hits the first race, single wins for fun. Second race come, uh, his horse is getting bad. All systems look go gate scratch in behind the horse as the gate scratch. You have two horse. There were two horses that were the same price. They had two, you know, nine to five, two to one shots. Of course, Drew, especially with the money you're going to see at Tampa on a Wednesday, absolutely no clue until they pop which one of these is going to be the favorite so there's no way to hedge it's just it's just so ridiculous the idea of scratch and get the favorite to me is much worse in my opinion than making a making an and an, uh, they're obviously two different situations but then making an all race like there's got to be a way as you said you mentioned before about the idea of maybe having an alternate the idea of making the bet go away but the idea that you get a horse that you didn't even want and oh by the way you don't know what that is until the gates pop i mean it, it is medieval torture for a horse player to have to enjoy that kind of stuff absolutely it's ridiculous get it fixed it would be nice it would be nice well that that's probably a good one for another podcast we're gonna leave this one here we will be back we've got what do we got coming up this weekend we have um we got shows for saturday and sunday for the all turf we're going to be covering santa anita the main players podcast is going to be covering santa anita so we'll have that for you you're going to be uh, up for getting a side bet out there for this divisional round of the playoffs we we got we're trying we have some travel we have some travel stuff we're trying to na- navigate so um, there's a chance that we'll see we'll see it's it's uh it's hanging by a thread uh oh do you believe in your lions espoused lions bet more or less after that uh, shipwreck uh, <laughs> over the weekend I have you know it's funny I I got I if if you played it you got twenty two to one I don't I don't have to like it more or less. I got 22 to one. So if I don't like it, I can move off the position. I mean, I don't know. It was a long shot anyways, right? Like they're going to be, they're going to be double digit dogs. I would imagine, or or probably like nine point dogs or eight and a half or something like that. If they were to play the 49ers at San Francisco and the champion in the NFC championship game. I mean, you know, I mean, you'll, you're going to get, you're going to get three to one on the day and, and you got 22 to one getting it in a little bit early. So. Um, no, I yeah, I mean, I they are who I thought like they are. They're, yeah. No, they're an inconsistent football team that, that 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 is, in my opinion, the only team that can beat the 49ers um, in the NFC. The Eagles are trash. They lost the, you know, um, Green Bay can't sustain what they are what they did the other night. So, you know, they're the only team that can beat them. And, you know, it's not a bad number to have on them. 
No, it's tremendous. And and I thought in terms of getting to draw the Buccaneers, which you wouldn't have necessarily thought would have been the matchup, might have made you happy. I mean, you, you're in a spot now where instead of being a potential underdog or, you know, three-point favorite, you're probably a seven-point favorite. So uh, right, it's, right. it's definitely, definitely interesting stuff. All right. We're over time on this. I know you got places to go, people to see, children to pick up from school. But I enjoyed speaking with you, J.K. We'll thank you one more time. We'll thank our uh, friends and sponsors at Gulfstream Park. This show has been a production of In the Money Media. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May you win all your photos.